Welcome to Gender Meowster Podcast Network. Genderful is a talk show featuring non-binary and trans folks discussing various topics and special interests. We kindly remind our listeners that no person is a monolith of identities. All opinions are the speaker's own. This show airs live on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash gender meowster and VODs with show notes can also be found on YouTube. All right, meowdy folks, we're trying this again. Thanks for bearing with us. My name is Atlas Phoenix. I hope you got all of that. And you may remember me from June 20th show. I was interviewed by Gender Meowster a few months ago. I've been asked to co-host the show, so you're going to see a lot more of me. Gender Meowster, unfortunately, is out today, so it's just going to be me hosting the show today. Welcome to Genderful. It's a talk show featuring non-binary and trans folks discussing various topics and special interests. Thanks for joining us. Aiden Dowling, the creator of Trace App and Point of Pride. Welcome. Thank you for bearing with us through all these technical difficulties. Yes, I love it. I feel like I'm already part of the team. You are a part of the team. Yes. <laughs> Please tell us your pronouns and any special interest. I just want to hear the story one more time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my name is Aiden and my pronouns are he, him, his. And as I was telling Atlas, I was like, if you want to find me, you can catch me outside playing tag with my three-year-old. It's our number one go-to. And I haven't tried red light, green light, which you suggested earlier. And I feel like sometimes I'm just tired and I'm (laughs) going to try red light, green light to see if there's like a break in just the constant running. I feel like that's a great suggestion. So thank you. Yeah. Just to get your energy back. Yeah. It's just going to be so adorable to watch your three-year-old stop in a, in a, like a one position. That's going to be great. You're going to have fun. Yes. Yeah. If they listen. listen. (laughs) Yeah. I forgot about that. I don't have kids. I forgot about that. All right. We're going to jump into some questions because we have you for a limited amount of time. What are things you trace back to your youth that indicated that you might be trans one day? Yeah. I love this question. So I think for me personally, like I just always... I never, I think when I think about my youth, like under 10, I never questioned what I liked until I got into those like early teenage years. And I think for me, I just always, I know I just always, so I identify as like a trans man and I've just always been more, I just always want to hang out with like the quote unquote boys. That was always what I wanted to do. My clothing, I, like I specifically remember, so I grew up in a religious house And my mom would lay out like my Sunday outfit and I would just fight until there. I would just fight so hard to not have to wear that dress and those stockings. And that was always my number one thing was fighting over that. And I think that's what I think a lot about was my life when I was like younger, was just like fighting over what I wanted as opposed, which ran against what was told that I had to be or dress or act or whatever. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for sharing that story. That's not an unusual or unheard of story. I've heard that from other people as well. Specifically around the Sunday school dress. Yeah, Yeah, I've heard that. So thanks for sharing that story. We're going to jump into, oh, let's let's have this question really quickly here. How has your relationship to gender evolved over time? And I think you covered that in the first question. Is there anything else you want to elaborate on? I think like for me, I think my, I just, Yeah, I guess the only elaboration would just be what has helped me discover my gender is like 
exposure and like vocabulary. I think not having language to express how I was feeling besides like, I'm feeling sad or lonely or right. Like really <laughs> tangible language, I'll call it for me yes. was what really helped evolve my knowledge and like understanding of who I was when it came to like my gender expression. Yes. Yes. I would say that helped me too. Yeah. Like we're far apart in age, but I think the power of the millennials and Gen Zers is that there's a language that people like me in my fifties can actually use now to describe ourselves. So it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. We're going to talk a little bit about the Trace app that you put together there. Why did you create Trace and what is your role in the app's creation and development? Yeah, so I created Trace because I just, I wanted to have something that I didn't have when I transitioned. So for me personally, documenting my transition was really important for me. It allowed me in those moments when I had a lot of dysphoria or I was feeling like I wasn't like progressing as quick as I wanted to. I was able to look back at like photos and videos of where I was and like remind myself that like, hey, like even if I'm not where I want to be, like I have come this far. And so that allowed me to, so that was always important for me to feel confident in myself and where I was going. Then, so that's where like trace and documenting your journey is the implementation there of being able to like document, have reminders, things of that nature. And then community has always been huge. What Before me, when I was transitioning, now as people transition and just find their true identity. And so being able to have a place that I was always scared to share my journey, even though I did share, it was like, I just never know who was going to say something. And so I was, I just always thought, what if we just had a place where everyone knew it was like, like a pride all year. Like you go to pride or many of us, like myself, I'll speak for myself. Like I go to pride because I know that I'm not going to have to explain myself as much at pride as That's opposed right. to just going somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So if I could have a space like that all the time that, and I don't have to physically be there. So anyone else could be there with me. Mm -hmm. I felt really impactful and powerful. Yeah. It sounds like you're using social media because this is technically a social media app. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's a mix of social media. So it's two-sided. One side is social media. And then the other side is like a personal private journey. If you so choose to track or document that journey. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's great. What is your role in the applications of creation and the development? Yeah. So full transparency, there's only two people at Trace, myself, and then Taylor, he, him, a transgender man, and he does the development. So he writes all the code to actually make the app. And then I do almost everything else. So just trying to like get on cool, like podcasts to let people know about it, making content, answering DMs, customer service, testing, Everything and anything that's not actually creating the product of the app is what I do. Wow. That's a lot of responsibility for both you and Taylor. Yes. Wow. Just a two-person team. That's amazing. All right. And just to get more specific, I guess we covered this. The next question would have been, what does Trace do? But you really covered that. Are there some key features of the Trace app that you'd like to go over? Yeah, I think like... The two main things that I think are most important for users to know is that um, 
Everything, the feature I think that is the most common is just for people who are on HRT or GAHT are going to want to use the reminders feature. And so that is in the trace section of the app. There's, you can make modules for photo tracking, for reminders, for any type of medication or doctor's appointments or blood work or anything. And then there's an anniversaries feature also. So if you have an anniversary of coming out or like you're saying like graduation, things of that nature, you can keep it in there and then be reminded each year. So I would definitely Uh say those, that feature of just of like reminding of mm-hmm. your weekly, like I, so I take HRT and I do it intramuscularly. I do it every week. So I have my, like my weekly T-shot is on there. That's so, cool. yeah, so that would be one feature. And then I think the other feature is just community, just like getting in there, recognizing other people that you can find support from and mm-hmm. support others. Yeah. What I see here is that you're trying to create a space where people no longer need to feel alone. Yes, exactly. And is this just for trans men? Can non-binary and trans women and trans feminine people use this as well? Yeah, so this is for all transgender, non-binary identities. If you find any of the way you identify under that umbrella, you are welcome into and onto Trace. This is for you. Fantastic. Thanks for clarifying that. Let's see. You've answered quite a few of these. Let's ask this question and check the time here. We're going, we're doing well. How does one start a project like this? And I think we covered it a little bit, but can you go a little more in depth? Yeah, of course. And first, like for everyone listening, I think we're going fast because we're like rapid fire because we're like, (laughs) okay, we don't have that much time. Sorry if my questions are, my answers are a little quicker, like a little precise. If we're lucky, we might get a part two out of this. So if there's some questions you want to have answered in part two, please drop them in the chat. Thanks. Okay. So my first, like before I even get into how to, my first thing would be like in our community, no one's going to do anything for us. And so if you have an idea and it's really like festering inside of you that you really want to get creative and build it out, you should do it. Just go for it and find and teams, like find other people. There's so many people that are making this happen right now. And that's because everyone has their own unique, amazing skill set. And so just make that happen. Don't be, don't be afraid because people will support you in it. And so- If you like creating an app, like a mobile app, if you want to do that, I don't know how to make an app. I just, (laughs) that's what Taylor does, but I didn't know how to, I wanted to make this. I also should shout out Elizabeth. She, her, a cis, amazing ally, just so amazing. Um, She's also part of the team. Um, And she, her and I, we started creating this app just Honestly, it was just a prototype. You would just click on your computer, just like pretty much images that you would click through. And we had that for two years. We had a prototype for maybe even two and a half years before we met Taylor and Taylor was able to start actually making it into a real thing. I just had a need that I didn't have and one that I still want. Like I still want to build community. It's still important to me. It really helped me in really dark times in my life. And I know that if I'm going through that, that others are too. And yeah, so like I just had an idea. Elizabeth and I <laughs> scribbled it on paper, turned mm-hmm. that paper into digital, turned that digital into click through pictures, and then found Taylor and started. And he also, he didn't, he's never made an app before either. So just started Mm -hmm. researching, 
finding places of where to build an app like this. How can we control the code so that it's not just controlled by someone else? So we have all the safety precautions we need to take. And, uh, and we just did it. Worked hard. Love it. And uh, here we are. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. What kind of roadblocks did you experience to the creation journey and how did you resolve those? So I think the biggest roadblock we experienced was we actually did have another developer originally, and unfortunately they made some of the app and then they chose to leave and they kind of took all of it with them. That was pretty difficult and it did take time to find Taylor, which of course, like now I think, oh, thank goodness, because you know, if that person might've left later on in the project or I don't really know, but it may, it led us to somebody. I feel like we, I vibe better with Taylor. Like it's just, it feels more homegrown. So that was difficult, like to have shared your project. Yes. To have shared something with someone, they started mm-hmm. helping and then they were like, oh, BTW, like I'm going to leave now. That was definitely difficult. That was the biggest roadblock, but we stayed positive. We knew that this was something we wanted to still do. Regardless, we trusted that even if that person took it and did their own thing, like we are making our own thing that Mm -hmm. no one else can replicate. They like, you can make copies, they can look the same, but they're not built by the same people. And so it's going to be different. And so we just kept pushing through. It took three months to find somebody like Taylor to help us create it, but we just, we didn't give up. That's the key thing. I think in this community is to never give up on multiple fronts. Definitely. That's wonderful. That's great the way that you you rose from the ashes of that and created something that you still stand by that is viable to our community. So that's fantastic. Thank thank you. you. Thanks for holding in like that. I have another question here. What does the future hold? This is a broad question, but what do you think it holds? What do I think it holds? In my world, the future is like an empowerment from within our community. I think from all communities, like all minority communities, I think that what we as a transit non-binary community have is like this resilience that is brought down from like, it's like an ancestral resilience to just keep doing, to provide for who we are. Like I always say, people look at everything that's going on in the community, like outside the community and attacks on the community. And I always say, this is nothing new. This is what we, this is embedded into our DNA. Yes, it is. We know how to get through this. We know how to rise out of it. We always have, we always will. And so for me, it's the future is us providing for ourselves and recognizing that we don't actually need, we don't need outside help. We just need to empower each other so that we can feel confident and strong and be healed enough to take those leaps and feel supported enough to take those leaps to create the things that we want and what we need. And I think Mm -hmm. we see this from all types of people in our community. I think so many people, even your documentary, like everyone is recognizing what they have inside of them and trying to have that cultivate into something greater than themselves. And that's how we're going to make it through. Like we have community and not every other group of people have that strong of a sense of community and we do Mm -hmm. and it's a superpower of ours so let's like 
save the world. Let's do this. Yeah. In my short version of the documentary that I'm making, Ordinary, I say our superpower is being ourselves. Yeah. And I want to touch back on ancestry in just a second, but I have a question that just popped up, which might even lead into more of this conversation about ancestry. What does the future hold specifically for you? For me? Yes. I guess technically the future holds a teenager. <laughs> a teenager is my kid is three. I have a partner, shout out to Jenny Lee. And I don't, my hope is that the future holds my seven nonprofit that you touched on earlier. Yes. Um, I hope that we continue to grow. I guess my future is like a continuation of the work that I'm doing now. I have this project, Trace, that has, yes, has been cultivating for the last three years, but this is the first time that it's like, hey, we have this thing to offer and I want to give everything I can to it. So I want that seed to start really growing and sprouting So treat caring for that as it grows. And then with point of pride, I feel like we are a small, it's like fruit trees. They take a few years to actually start producing fruit. That's I right. feel like we're about to maybe start really becoming fruitful. Yes. Um, and so just making sure that the care is still being like attended to as we grow, th those are definitely, so I'm going to be out in the garden the next few years if we're going to keep sticking to that metaphor for sure. Yes, yes, I agree with that. I've got a question about Point of Pride in just a second and then we'll follow up with Trace. But can you touch a little bit more when you talk about ancestry? Because I also talked about it on the show I was on in June and I said that we're not trans or non-binary by accident. It's actually, like you say, embedded in our DNA, but it actually goes deep into our ancestry. And lately what I've been saying is that I'm not transitioning. I'm going home. How do you feel about that for yourself? Hmm. What would you call that for yourself? Yeah, I don't like that language. I think that's, I can get behind that language. And I think the way I see it is like my life before like my life is not a mistake. I feel like this. So speaking for myself, like my life is not a mistake. And the way in which I was brought into the human existence was a journey that allowed me to become the man that I am and have perspective from that being born cis wouldn't have gained me. I wouldn't have had. And I find a lot of beauty in that. And this concept of, okay, yeah, I like the thought of coming home. I like how you worded that Atlas. Cause I think it's like, for me, the vision I get as a very visual person, I think of being in a forest and just being a little lost. And then all of a sudden you hit this meadow and you see this little cottage or whatever. And you're just like, oh, like here it is. And it took a long time to get here. And I felt like I wasn't going to maybe make it out of these woods many times. And here I am. And now I have a sense of, it's still painful, but like a sense of gratitude for what I've gone through because I feel very clear in who I am and excited about continuing that journey of exploration of myself. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. That's what my phone, beautiful boy, like it takes place in the woods. 
Oh my gosh. So for, I haven't seen it yet. So I, this is, no, no, <laughs> but I'm excited. Now. Yes. When you talked, I was getting chills about it. And so I was like, oh yeah, this is on alignment. This is, we were meant to meet it. each other today. So yes. this is fantastic. I want to talk a little bit about your nonprofit point of pride. Yeah. Can you tell us what you'd like to tell us? We have about 15 minutes left. What would you like to tell us about that? Yeah, thanks for asking. I think that the most valuable thing for everyone to hear is that Point of Pride has services for trans and non-binary folks. We are mostly in the U.S., so a lot of our programs are based in the U.S. because we are a U.S. nonprofit. But we do have two programs which are international. And so I'll start with those programs. So the two international programs are Binder Program, a free Binder Program, as well as we have a free Tucking Garment Program. And so we offer free binders and tucking garments to anybody in the world that anybody we can mail something to, mm -hmm. you have access to this program. The binder waitlist is quite long. It can take some time and some time meaning six or nine or 10 months to receive a binder. But if you're truly in need due to any barriers you may have facing the financial ability or capabilities of affording a binder or garment, a tucking garment, you have access, go apply. The tucking garments are a little less. It's an early, a newer program, so there's less of a waiting list. So if you are in need of a tucking garment, it could happen a lot sooner. I would say about three months out for a tucking garment. And then some of the other programs we have uh, that I think will be of a high value to everybody um, listening or tuning in would be we have a surgery fund where we give anywhere between thirty and $50,000 to trans and non-binary folks who have barriers to access of care. And that is open every day in the month of November. And we do our best to make it very accessible. And if you go on there and you find an accessibility that's not meets your criteria, you can email us and we're happy to, to help out with the application and find something that's more accessible for you. Again, these are all in the US. So that covers any surgery related to gender, uh, gender care. So anything that you find is affirming to your gender. Then we also have we just finished a round of our HRT access program where we'll be providing, I believe, 40 individuals this year. And I believe it's just around 100 total since the program with one year of free HRT access, including blood work. And then we have a electrolysis program where we provide, this is specifically in the U.S. and for trans femme identified individuals, where we provide grants for $1,000. I think this year we're doing 10 grants for $1,000 for trans femme individuals to receive electrolysis or laser hair research, laser hair removal, whatever their skin type is best for. I believe those are all of the programs we have right now. <laughs> okay, that's great. I have a couple of questions to touch on regarding yeah. a point of pride. I recently, I had top surgery in November. And so I donated amongst some other things to an individual. I donated all of my binders and compression bras. Now, it says that it's like a six to nine month wait list to possibly get a binder. What can the community do to donate binders so that the wait list gets smaller? That's one question. The next question is you have this surgery fund. Does this also cover things like hotel stay? If you're, at, you're like, say I have to get my phalloplasty in Madison, Wisconsin, which is four hours outside of the state I'm in. And if I needed to get for anybody who needs the same thing, like if I needed to pay for a hotel for a month while I'm there with my phalloplasty, does this fund cover something like that? Or are there more specifics? And then the last question is, 
You mentioned electrolysis and laser hair fund. For people like myself that are getting a phalloplasty, we also have to have hair removed from our arm or our thigh, depending on the kind of surgery that we get. Is that going to be included in the electrolysis and laser hair fund? So it's a rapid fire. Yeah, Take what you can. Yeah. Yeah. Great <laughs> questions. I'm going to jump all around. I usually start backwards. It's not. So I, I should rephrase. It's not that we don't allow non-trans femme identified people to apply. But what we find with our electrolysis fund is that it is most of the applicants are trans femme. Most of them are trans femme, black and brown trans women. And so <laughs> they have the most barriers to care. So what we've been trying to do is figure out ways to have better access to those individuals so we could provide those services. I think us as a nonprofit, as a board, we've been really trying to figure out ways. Should we start saying, okay, if we're going to do 10, should maybe there should be a skew of maybe there be one or two non-trans femme identified and the rest would be trans femme identified. So I think that context hearing from you is helpful for us as we continue to grow. We're a board of about, I think there's about eight to 10 of us. And we're just doing trying to do the best. Yeah. Um, I'll take that as a nugget to, uh, to rethink about that structure. So we have had people applying, we don't turn them away. We've just been trying to figure out the best way to serve those individuals. And then the second question or the middle question um, mm -hmm. was about hotel stay. Was that one? Yes, it was. Yeah. Okay, Other yeah. things relating to yeah. uh, gender affirming surgery. Yes. Yeah. So right now and in the past, we have not covered flight or hotel. We have only covered the surgery itself. Now we are growing. And I think that's mostly because how do we get the most money allocated to the most amount of people when some surgeries can be really expensive? So we could raise like $50,000 and only give it to one person. And so what we try to do is spread out the funding as best we can so that we can impact the most amount of people with the amount of money we have. We are growing that fund. That fund has been growing. So we have thought of extending it out to potential hotels or flights. That is definitely a possibility in the future, but like full transparency, that is not going to be happening this year in our November fund, but is in discussions and has been brought up as like, you know, again, like how's the best way to serve the community and these individuals. That's um, right. I wish that we could just be like million bucks every year. You get a surgery hotel. You get a surgery. Like, you get a surgery. Get a surgery. Hotel, like, yes. Yeah. That's the goal. <laughs> like the goal is just to be like, if you come over here, we'll get you hooked up. That's right. That's and beautiful. Then, yeah. And then what was the first one I missed? I'm losing that. Oh, one. donations of binders. And then oh, I yes. have a few follow-up questions too. Yeah. So donations of binders, please feel free to donate. You can go to our website, point of pride. So P-O-I-N-T of pride.org. And then you go to the binders and it says how to donate. And that those will be sent. I believe those get sent to Robbie and Tyler on our board. And they would be happy to accept your binder and clean it up and send it out to the next person who's in need those that definitely helps bring down the binder count for sure that's fantastic thank you i've got a few follow-up questions for you going back to the electrolysis and laser hair you're only able to raise so much how can people donate to this fund and any of the funds so that you have more than fifty thousand dollars in november yeah pointofpride.org we'd love to have donations i always feel so the thing is that if you can donate, please, we'd love it. Like pointofpride.org. And if you can't, just like sharing it is always helpful too. Internally, we always are like in this, we always feel like, you know what? There is enough like 
nonprofit cis money out there for our community. We don't like, I don't want to, my goal is not, is like one day to be like, Hey, if you've got money, you want to pay it back forward. Awesome. And mm-hmm. I want to get money from these other people and bring it into us. Not take, not that we're taking, but take from the community and give back. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And, it, and for me, I have a Libra rising. So I like the scales to be balanced. So mm. if people in our community are able because they're financially stable enough to donate and then cis people that are allies want to donate, let's let them all donate because there are people in our community that make six figures. And then there are people in our community that make five low five figures. You know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like the help can come from anywhere. And that's that's great. Thanks for covering that for me. And then let's see, HRT access. When we talk about like gender affirming surgeries, does that cover like feminization and masculization of someone's face? Does that cover that as well? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's mm-hmm. great. We've got just five minutes. So I'm going to ask you some other questions because it looks like we're going to have to have a part two, Aiden. Yes. Thank you so much for happen. offering. It's going to have to happen. Yes. Okay. Let me see. I've got some concluding questions for you. Is there anything that we missed about the Trace app and Point of Pride that you'd like to make sure you say today? I guess the only thing I would say about Trace is come try it out. We have a new feature coming in, I'm not sure, in early, probably in the next three weeks, we have a really big new feature all around building community and we are doing our best. We are trying to make it as cool as everything else. So if you join, just know that like you are helping us out. You're, we want your feedback and please don't expect it to be exactly like TikTok and Instagram right now. It's not quite there yet. Um, Mm -hmm. but we're trying, we're working hard and yeah, like we're in iOS and Android. So come check us out and point of pride. Like I said, check out the website because we have all of those offerings for the community and our surgery fund opens on November 1st. Fantastic. That's fantastic. And one personal question for you. Can you share an experience with gender euphoria? Ah, gender euphoria and experience with gender euphoria. It can only be one expe- one experience, Aiden. So yeah. it's one experience. <laughs> yes, I know. Time is allotted. I think that I'll have to do the most recent, or not like the most recent, but just closer to now. I think okay. that I thought that having a child, so my son is assigned male at birth, mm-hmm. and I thought that would be really tough and hard and it had its challenging moments, but there is something really gender euphoric for me. Like when he calls, yeah, that would be the thing that happens that I get these little glimpses of like dad, daddy. And I'm just like, yeah, that's me. That's me. Hi. (laughs) Yeah. Can I ask you a personal question about that? Yeah, of course. Has it made you tear up? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Many times. I'm so glad that you've been able to have that experience with your son. That's beautiful. Thank you. That's beautiful. The last question I have is, what would you like to make sure folks know about your perspective on gender and non-binary trans issues? We've got about Mm -hmm. two minutes left. My perspective is believe people. That's what, that's my perspective is like when someone tells me something, I believe them. That's my, That's that's my first gut is to believe and to believe and trust that like they know what is best for them and what they need. And even if I don't understand, I it's cool. Like I don't need to, I don't need to understand someone and every action they take to trust and believe that what they're doing and 
how they feel is real. So that's right. That's where I would stand. Okay, thank you so much. We're going to do some cross promo here. Trace is a mobile application for transgender and non-binary for the transgender and non-binary community and their allies to document their transition and celebrate their journey with their community. The link, I believe, might be added up, but I'm just going to say it out loud, too, because we've got another link too. HTTPS forward slash forward slash. We've got L-I-N-K-T-R period e forward slash t h e t r a c e period app a p p and for the socials we've got an instagram here for trace it's at the trace dot app on instagram do you have anything for a point of pride can you give us that website again yeah so point of pride p o i n t of pride Dot org, and you can find us on Instagram and all the socials at Point of Pride. Okay. This is fantastic. We've got to do a part two. Yeah. We're going to figure out how to do that. Everyone, thanks again for your patience with our show today. All of us are pretty new. And Aiden, thank you most of all for your patience and kindness today. We really enjoyed having you here today. Thanks again. Of course. All thanks, right. everyone. All right. Take care, everybody. Thanks again. Thank you.